Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg. And yes, one more time, I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The All-Star break is now over. And here we are with the Yankees and Mets. Unfortunately, it's pretty much the same old story for both of them. But will it be a new story this coming season for the New York Jets? Remains to be seen. So like I said, listen up because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And uh, you know, what, what should I say? More things change, the more they remain the same. Not a whole lot has changed for the Yankees and the Mets. Yes, the Yankees have, as we discussed last week, the Yankees have themselves a new um, hitting coach in Sean Casey. You know, you know, they needed to do something. So like I said, uh, they needed to do something and, and because it wasn't working. And while to me, you know, it's still a kind of a scapegoat situation, regardless what anybody says. But something had to be done. So they made the change at the, the you know, hitting coach. I would say this, though. After thinking about it, the reason I, I like the change, not that I don't expect Casey to make a whole lot of difference. I really don't. And maybe you might say that's not fair. Give the guy a chance. And I'm giving him a chance. But what I like about it, it's an admission that what you thought was working is not working. They hired a guy who, you know, with no coaching experience, no managerial experience. The fact that he hit 302 as a hitting coach, uh, as a player in the major leagues, great. That doesn't mean you're going to be a great hitting coach. But the reason I like about it, because all through baseball, and you've heard me say it time and time and time again for as long as I've been talking with you nice people, take the analytics and stick them where the sun don't shine. But everybody is caught up in analytics. So now you bring in Sean Casey, who's not an analytic guy, and that's what I want to see. Because analytics, it might work sometimes, but it doesn't work all the time, and it is certainly not working and has not been working for the Yankees, and we can go back to last season and before. You heard me say it, you know, Aaron Judge's 62 bombs last season did a lot of camouflaging on what was wrong with analytics. But having said that, so the Yankees come back from the All-Star break. They come back from the All-Star break, and what do they do? They go out to Colorado. And who are they facing in the Rockies? Who were they facing in the Rockies? They were facing the team with the third worst record in all of baseball. In all of baseball. Only the uh, putrid A's and Kansas City Royals are worse. All right? And they lose two of three in Colorado. They lose two of three. Uh, Yesterday was just sickening how they lost. I mean, I don't know. Garrett Cole 
to me, typifies what an ace should be. Absolutely typifies it. He wants the ball. He's a bulldog out there. He's a no-nonsense guy. Love every aspect about his game. His demeanor, his talent, his physical ability, his mental makeup, everything about the guy. So what's he do yesterday? He, same old brilliant guy, two hits over six innings, one happened to be an opposite field home run, uh, you know, one walk, 11 strikeouts. He leaves with a 3-1, a 3-1 victory. Excuse me, a, a 3-1 um, lead. What happens? <laughs> Bottom of the eighth, C.J. Crone with a two-out grand slam home run. Rockies go up 5-3. Rockies give back. Give up the lead. It's 5-5. Top of the ninth, they allow the Yankees to tie it. We go to top 11. Yankees go up 7-5. And it was a nice way because both uh, Oswald Cabrera, Oswaldo Cabrera and um, Peraza uh, just brought up both with RBI singles. So that was great. Bottom 11, Nick Ramirez on the mound, Nolan Jones. Two-run bomb, just like that. Game tied at seven. Marinaccio in. Alan Treo, solo bomb. Game over. Rockies win. Eight, seven, take two of three. Do you know, and we were talking about this before the break. Prior to the break, the Yankees' bullpen, which we've praised pretty much all season, and I don't know if they were getting tired I don't know if the wear and tear on them, you know, is take, had taken its toll. And you just don't snap out of it, even though you had a, uh, you know, an all-star break. But prior to the break, the bullpen, the excellent bullpen, had given up 19 runs in their last five games prior to the break. 19 runs. So now, add the three games... In Colorado with the Rockies, they gave up, uh, what was it? They gave up 11, 11 runs. They gave up seven yesterday. 11 runs the bullpen gave up. That means in their last eight games, the Yankees' bullpen has given up 30 runs. 30. And and the reason that kicks you in the gut, among other places, is that the Yankees can't do it without the pitching because they don't have offense. Yeah, but you could get excited. Oh, yes. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton had four home runs in four straight games. You know, uh, Mazel Tov. Whoop-de-doo. You know, that's all fine. But this this team does not hit. They do not hit. They're not a good hitting team. Everybody needs to get that through their heads. They are not a good hitting team. Okay? And prior to yesterday's game, I think it was... God love... I mean, I really, really like... 
Aaron Boone. But he, you know, he was asked about maybe a trade or deal coming up for left field or something. And he goes, we feel like we can succeed with what we have. Sorry, Aaron. No, you can't. You will not succeed with what you have. Something needs to be done. It's as simple as that. Something needs to be done. I, I Listen, I don't know who or what. I, I just, I've said this. And I'm, am I the only one seeing it that we've seen a lot of guys just they have seen their games go south collectively? Collectively. And, and to me, you know, I don't know. I don't think it could really, their games are going to be rekindled. I'll say this right now. Stanton is what he is. He's feast or famine. He he typifies power hitters today, which I no longer, as you know, call them power hitters. I call them feast or famine hitters. It's all or nothing at all. He gets in a rhythm, gets in a groove. We get all excited. You know, the last couple of games, DJ LeMayo has looked better, but it's been a struggle. A couple of things that I saw yesterday that I did like. I, I like seeing Cabrera go with the pitch the opposite way. I like seeing Trevino go with the pitch the opposite way. I love the fact that Peraza has been brought up. He play, He looked terrific at third base, just terrific at third base, and he had an RBI single. He's the guy you need on this team. You need to find a place for him to play. That's what you need. You need him on the team. You need energy. You need get up and go. Now, the Yankees, again, for all you Yankee fans, maybe you don't like me saying this. I'll say it to you. I'll say it to the Yankees. Forget about winning the division, okay? Focus on today and tomorrow and the next game and game by game and focus on getting into the postseason, which means the wild card. You are now nine games out, if you're a Yankee, nine games out, tied for last place with a record of 50 and 44 with the Boston Red Sox. You're not winning the division. You know, Bill Parcells, as he always said, to us in football, all you got to do is get into the tournament and then you see what happens. I concur. Just get in. So concentrate on getting in. But how are you going to get in? Listen, you need offense. Again, ad nauseum, I will say it over and over and over again. You need to be able to manufacture runs. That's what you need to be able to do. You need to be able to move runners over. Is it the end of the world that the Yankees lost two of three? No, it's not the end of the world. But they, you know, they didn't look good going into the break. And they lose two of three to one of the worst teams in baseball coming out of the break. That is not good. 
And now they're going to Los Angeles for three with the Angels. Now the Angels, you know, maybe the Angels and the Yankees are a mirror image of one another because Angels have been struggling too. But this is a big, big series coming up. Because the Angels can gain on them in a wild card race. Going to be a lot of teams cramped together. A lot of teams. And and it, to me, the Yankees don't have a whole lot of margin for error. Uh, you know, it sounds maybe silly to say right now, but every series is important. There are too many teams involved. Yankees are, right now the Yankees are a game and a half back in the wild card race of, of the final, you know, spot. They're facing, they're 50 and 44. The Angels are 46 and 47. Angels is three and a half games behind the Yankees. That ain't a whole lot. Yankees need to get busy. You are what you are. And what the Yankees are, they are, I don't want to say inept, but they're just not a good hitting team. And with the bullpen struggling, that becomes a problem. That becomes a very, very big problem. And again, the bullpen had been magnificent for pretty much the entire first half of the season, with the exception of, you know, the last five games going in. But maybe it's because of all the work that they were doing, it has its wear and tear. You know, this is, it's nothing new. It's just, things haven't changed. Just because you have a new hitting coach, you know, and you can say the right things. What what are you going to say? No, we don't have confidence. You know, I, I, Aaron, for Aaron Boone to say, I think we can succeed with what we have. Well, he's the manager. He's got to say that. But I don't have to say that. And you don't have to say it. And you don't have to think it. Nor should you believe it. They need more. Something needs to be done. Now, as far as their crosstown rivals go, the Mets, I don't know what there is that can be done. You know, fortunately, they had a nice win yesterday. 2-1 win in 10 innings. Luis Guillermo with the walk-off base hit in the 10th. Max Scherzer, who I've certainly been critical of, was just spot on yesterday. Seven innings, one hit, no runs, three walks, six Ks. Spot on. So if I'm going to criticize him, I have to praise him. They needed that performance from him. At the same time, against the Dodgers, you know, you were holding on to your seat. Like, could they score some runs? They're just, it's, it's not a hitting team. I don't know what the heck happened. You know, we, we talk, see, with the with the Yankees, I say some of the guys got old and what and broken down before us. With with the Mets, it's just a lot of the guys are just in a slump. 
you know, Pete Alonso, after he bruised his wrist and, and was out for, what, three weeks, whatever the heck it was, he hasn't been the same. It's an awful, awful slump. Jeff McNeil, a lot of the guys, it's, it's just, it's not good. So you need the pitching. But to me, you know, as I say, you are what your record says you are, courtesy of Bill Parcells. Well, the Mets are 43 and 50. <laughs> They're eight and a half out in the wild card. Eight and a half games out. I mean, to me, glass half full, glass half empty. To me, the glass, the realistic way to look at the glass is, man, how are they going to get in? Because I don't see, I don't see where it's going to improve. Can we count on a pitching? Should the Mets move Scherzer at the break? Excuse me, at the trading deadline? which is a couple of weeks away. Should they move Verlander or try to? Those guys have no trade clauses. Who should they move? Because to me, if that number eight and a half doesn't change in the next two weeks, people need to be moving. You got to start thinking about what the future is. This, see, this... This Mets team is built for now. Yeah, you got some young guys and certainly Francisco Alvarez and certainly uh, Brett Beatty, but you didn't give Scherzer and Verlander 43.3 million smackers each for the future. You gave it to them for now. Like pronto, right now. You know, what we got from Scherzer yesterday is what we expected. And I don't mean expecting a one-hitter for seven innings of shutout ball on on a regular basis. But, you know, not giving up the home runs, which he had been doing with regularity. I think it was 16 on the season. I mean, come on. So while the Yankees have to figure out a way for them to stay in it, the Mets have to figure out if they're still in it. And right now, they're not. With what they have, they're not. Who do they they want to keep? And who do they want to say goodbye to? The next two weeks are going to tell a whole lot. Mets now go into uh, Chicago. Excuse me, I mean, the, the White Sox come come uh, to City Field. I stand corrected. Okay? But that's what the Mets have to figure out. While time is not running out on the Yankees in terms of mathematics, it is running out on the Mets. So some decisions need to be made. You know, we, we, everybody got excited. They looked great for six games coming out of the break. All of a sudden, J- the June swoon was a thing of the past. Then they lost four games. And they finally won 
won yesterday. Can they feel good about themselves? I don't know. I guess I guess you could say they can feel better about themselves. But we we went into the break scratching our heads about the Yankees and Mets. And to me, we come out of the break still scratching heads. Because the way these two teams are constructed, I don't see postseason in the future. When I say the future, meaning the very near future as 2023. Yankees certainly look more formidable just based on mathematics uh, than the Mets. But you know what? They just scratching my head is the key word. I just key phrase. I just don't see a whole lot of. Yeah, we can do it with this group. I don't see a whole lot of... The team doesn't give off a lot of confidence. And, and we, you know, they say all the right things. We're a confident bunch. We're a confident bunch. Let me tell you something. Losing and losing in New York is, like we say all the time, ain't no better place to win, but it might be the worst place to lose. So we will see. And speaking about worst places to losing, uh, you know, your New York Jets of the gridiron certainly no misery of losing for a while now. But everybody is all excited. Uh, The Jets open up training camp this week and everybody is all excited because Aaron Rodgers is here. A sure bet future Hall of Famer, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and everybody's excited. And I understand the enthusiasm. I really do. But, you know, again, I'm going to quote Bill Parcells, what he used to say about rookies when, you know, we would talk to him and get all excited about somebody, and he'd go, let's not put him in Canton, the Hall of Fame, just yet. Well, we know Aaron Rodgers is going in the Hall of Fame. First ballot. Case closed. Take that to the bank. Oh, I'm not going out on a limb saying that. But they haven't played a game yet. This team was 7-10 and 10 last year. They lost their last six games of the season. And you, everybody wants to blame everything I've said on Zach Wilson and, and this and that. And fine, Zach had a lot to do with it. But when key players, they're talking about the Jets' defense as if they're the the Chicago Bears of the 85 Bears, the Bears of the Midway. They're not there yet. Again, as I said, listen, they were 7-10 and last season, lost their last six games, okay? No no question, you got Rodgers. Rodgers is also 39, okay? No question, they got Sauce Gardner, last year's offensive defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year. They got Garrett Wilson, last year's offensive rookie of the year. I mean, there's talent. There's what to get enthused about. There's Aaron Rodgers. But everybody's talking about it 
as if it's a fait accompli. They're not thinking about getting into the tournament. They're thinking like it's, oh, hey, we're ready for the Super Bowl. You know, those teams in that division, you know, it's the, the Buffalo Bills, that guy, Bill Belichick, you know, he's a fairly successful guy in New England. They got the Miami Dolphins. This is not a, like, fade and complete that they're in. No, 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 no. You got to go play the games. And things have to go right. And my concern about the Jets, I think the Jets have a chance to be really exciting and really dynamic. But if the mindset is there's nothing wrong with being confident and and setting high goals, but when those high goals, when you start looking past what needs to be done and what needs to be done, hey, go in the first regular season game. Go in the second regular season game. Go jump out to a first-place lead. But don't make it like, here we are. Here here we are. Where you been? Not here we are. Where you been? And, and listen, now they're going to be on hard knocks. So it, it, what cracks me up is how the media buys into all this stuff. You know, it's not just the fans. The media is almost everything I read and hear is anointing the Jets. Wow, this is a Super Bowl contending kind of team. It's it's the way that sometimes how the media acts or reacts drives me a little nuts too. And you hear me talk about it with baseball. All of a sudden, the Yankees make... The Yankees make a move with a hitting coach. And all I'm reading is, this is great. This is great. This is what, you know, he's going to do this. Sean Casey's going to inject this. And Sean Casey's going to do that. Well, if everybody was loving bringing in Sean Casey, how come they weren't critical of the analytical BS that we were getting from the Yankees? Because I didn't see any of it. I didn't say see any of why the Yankees play this way. Why do they do this? I didn't see any of that. Just, you know, people buy in and they jump on a bandwagon way too fast. You know, it's one thing if the fans do it. But to me, the media, you got to be more level-headed about it. I'm, I'm not saying... The Jets don't have a chance to be good. The, jo- the Jets have a chance to be not good. They have a chance to be very good. Did you hear what I say, folks? They have a chance. Having a chance and being that are two completely different things. So as I said in the open, it remains to be seen what happens with your New York Jets. 
And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. As always, you can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at believe.com. Because as always, I tell you, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. Above all, got to thank you to people. Because without you to people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. And again... As I like to remind you each and every week, if you haven't done so already, download the Yes app and tell your friends and family to do the same so you all can do and see what you're doing now. Get a load, uh, Getting a load of me, Russ Salzberg, on Get a Load of This on my video podcast, which come out on the Yes app every Tuesday. But right now, as I said, this is a wrap. So until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.